Welcome to Mums on Cloud9. I'm Heather Black, a coach and champion for women in tech and founder of Supermums, a global brand supporting mums to develop a career in the Salesforce ecosystem. The Mums on Cloud9 podcast aims to inspire mums to progress their career in the Salesforce sector from starting out to climbing the career ladder. We provide top tips and insight on how to succeed in your career and overcome adversity that many women can face in the workplace. During Series 5, I'm talking to inspirational people about how to develop your leadership skills and styles to help you thrive in your career. These skills are so valuable within any job role from admins to architects to build successful relationships and achieve great outcomes for yourself. Sadly, however, many women can be portrayed as bossy or demanding when they're leading and statistics show that there are less women represented in leadership positions than men. So how do we tip this balance, change the perception and reality and support more women to thrive in these roles? This week, I'm delighted to be joined by Caroline Strawson, who will talk about a specific leadership style referred to as self-leadership. Caroline, welcome to the show. Please do introduce yourself and your passion for self-leadership. Hi, Heather. Thank you so much for asking me to come on your podcast. It's something, obviously, I'm super, super passionate about. So just for your listeners, um, hi, everybody. I'm Caroline, and I'm a positive psychology trauma coach and somatic therapist, consultant, and trainer. And I am really passionate about self-leadership. And I know we're going to explore this in the podcast because something for me, you know, I've been an entrepreneur. I've worked for the NHS over the years. And I know what that's like to go through challenging times and still step into your positions because I went through a really really nasty divorce about 11 years ago and literally lost everything I was in over 70k debt I had my house repossessed I was suffering from complex PTSD depression and anxiety and whilst I wanted to really be the best version of myself in in the role that I was in at the time you know all of this stuff around leadership really resonated with me because actually self-leadership is something a bit different I bring in a trauma-informed lens to leadership. Mm, Interesting. So why is self-leadership really important for us to understand, Caroline? Well, in the work that I do, I talk a lot about trauma. And, you know, trauma isn't just things that are these major events that happen in our life. Actually, what trauma is, is our inability to cope in certain situations. And then what we say to ourselves about those events or those people, for instance. So it's not just an event. And I think a lot of people feel like they behave in a certain way and they don't think they've had any trauma that has happened to them. And we've all had trauma every single single one of us has had some kind of trauma, whatever that might might be over our our life with what then we say to ourselves. Now, when we look at this, say, from a leadership perspective and a a trauma-informed lens, you know, everybody can step into leadership. You know, we can lead as a teacher, we can lead within um, a company, as a CEO, as a managing director, we can lead. The difference with self-leadership is, are we leading from a wound that has happened to us in our past. So, you know, for instance, if we've been in a domestically abusive relationship or maybe we've had childhood trauma, you know, are we leading from a place of anger? Are we leading from a place of dissociation even? Are we leading from a place of irritation, frustration? So we can still lead from that protector part of us, but actually is that going to be the best version of ourselves when we're showing up to get the best results in our business and um, the company maybe that we're working with? So what self-leadership is, so it's an, an, it's important to understand what does what is ourself? You know, we hear sort of phrases like core self, authentic self, true self, 
you know, these are really the essence of who we are when we show up with compassion, with curiosity, with clarity and confidence. That is our true self. So for me, self-leadership is when we're showing up as our true self in leadership. We are living our life coming from ourselves. We're not living our life in leadership coming from a protector part of ourselves that is showing up to try and distract and minimize us away from feeling something else usually from our childhood you know we all have different protector parts of us like anger irritation you know and and I certainly know what you were saying then in the start even Heather you know bossiness for instance and again there's a difference with that you know is that woman bossy or is she in self-leadership and triggering the other person by nature of them saying then that they are bossy because maybe they may feel threatened by a woman maybe leading them within the business that is their trigger and their protector part coming up by calling somebody a certain name so there's a lot of different parameters where am I coming from am I coming from self-leadership in the role that I am doing and how is the other person receiving my self-leadership are they triggered by that and then maybe they might name call you they may say oh you know she's being really really bossy for instance as such when actually you're not you're just in self-leadership mm, it's interesting isn't it because you can't affect that other person and how they're no, feeling you absolutely can also be mindful not. of of your your position so it is a real mindset shift and that's something I really want to talk about on the podcast this this series is really how do we change our our mindset and step into this so how do you step into self-leadership what would be your sort of initial steps to start thinking differently yeah I think the first thing to say is however we are showing up there are no bad parts of us so again I use a lot of what's called internal family systems in the work that I do when I train and when I consult and this is an evidence-based parts therapy so the essence really of IFS internal family systems is we do all have this essence of who we are the true self Then we have what's called in internal family systems an exile. So basically a wounded younger part of us that has made perception and interpretations about things that have happened to us in our past. And then everything in our nervous system becomes about moving us away from feeling that pain. Because from a human perspective, sadly, we're not on this planet um, driven by happiness and wealth, et cetera, et cetera. We've got to be intentional with that. Our actual biology of who we are as human beings is to move us away from pain and to keep us safe. So we have that true self, we have that exile, that wounded younger part, and to move us away from not feeling that pain that our inner system thinks would be too painful, we then show up blended with one one of our protector parts then as well, which could then be anger, it could be frustration, irritation, it could even be things like addictions, procrastination, people pleasing, all of these different parts of us. And I think the mindset shift and working on all of that is to recognize there are no bad parts of us. So if we show up as a leader and we're not in self-leadership, but we're leading from a blended protector part of ourselves, those parts are showing up with a good intention for us, but often a destructive impact. Equally, if we are showing up in self-leadership and somebody else then is triggered by that, they will blend with a protector part and they will communicate from us, not coming from their self, but coming from their protector parts. So ideally in that working environment, we want to have an environment where we are helping promote self-to-self relationships. So that self-leadership relationship to the self of the other person that you are dealing with. And you often sometimes can't control that. You know, sometimes you can't control how the other person is going to interpret your behavior as self-leadership. They may well blend with a part. The issue being here then is you might be in self-leadership, 
they may blend with a protector part and maybe antagonize you by one of their protector parts coming up. And if you're not continuing to work on your own mindset and do your own inner work, you may then step out of self-leadership into leadership, but leadership coming from one of your protector parts. And you will not get the best results within your business and your company like that either, because everything becomes about defense. Everything becomes about protection with your own inner system, not actually looking at what is best for the business. And that in turn will have an impact on productivity and in turn, of course, profitability. Mm, Fascinating. So can you bring that to life for us with some examples about how you might then create the best relationship with others? Because there's so much stuff that's going on emotionally for people. Ah, Yes. How how, how might you start to tackle this? I think the first thing to say is it's an ongoing journey. There is no magic wand that we can wave and be like, yes, I'm going to be in self-leadership for the rest of my life. You know, (laughs) healing and working on ourselves shouldn't just be till we get to a goal or a destination. You know, for me, working on ourselves should take top priority in any single thing that we do so that we can show up as much as possible in self-leadership because our nervous system drives us because it's always scanning for cues of safety and danger with how we then show up in our relationships with others at work at home in our in our personal and professional life as well so what we want to really understand is if we can continually work on ourselves that as much as possible, we can show up in self-leadership, that when other, when we are leading others then, however they show up doesn't become a trigger to us. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes when I'm working in, in my business and I'm in self-leadership, you know, I might have to have some challenging conversations with some people. Um, and that's the same even with my children, for instance, as such. And sometimes they may say something and I can feel that activation start to happen in my body. I can feel myself starting to shift into maybe a sympathetic response in my body and even a protector part wanting to come in and take over and and communicate further. That might be an anger part, an irritated part, a people-pleasing part, a self-sabotaging part, an inner critical part, so to speak. But the more inner work that we start to do is... I can stay very much now in self-leadership when I'm doing this. It doesn't mean I don't feel something, a part of me wanting to come in and take over, but those protector parts that try and blend and take over and, and what we end up speaking as, they're only there because they're stuck in our system. So again, when we talk about trauma, trauma isn't just a cognitive experience. It's actually somatic. It's things that actually get stuck in our body. You know, it's literally in the fascia. It's at a visceral level within our body. So it's recognizing, okay, I can feel that, anger part wanting to come up and take over. So moving me from self-leadership to leadership as the anger part. But I'm going to stay in self-leadership knowing that when I have some time, I can then go and explore where was that anger part coming from in that perspective? Because clearly the person who was communicating with me at that time was triggering some old stuff for me that I need to go and work on separately. But I want to stay in self-leadership when I'm in my role in my workplace. Mm. And I'd be a testament to that, having worked with you, Caroline, for the last sort of six to nine months, you know, definitely, if, I've, if I'm having a conversation, everything you've said is true, like I, if I, if something is, it's suddenly I get a reaction in my body to something, I'm like, okay, I'm just going to go sit on that for a while <laughs> and figure out why I'm feeling like that before I then have a conversation with that person and revisit it to sort of manage and sort of, you know, go through those emotions. Because I think, you know, if you're not in self-leadership, you can be very impulsive, can't you? And sort of go off, like you say, get defensive and actually think about properly. So it's good just to kind of pause, step back, work out what's going, you know, going through your mind. And as you say, sort of go, actually, that's not their issue. That's my issue. And I need to go and (laughs) deal with that. 
like you say, Heather, it's allowing yourself space to do that. I think we live in such a, sadly, a judgmental society mm. where, you know, if you're showing up in a certain way, you know, there's two things here. You show up in a certain way where you've blended with a protector part. The fear is you're going to get judged for that, especially, you know, as women in the workplace and, and certainly in leadership roles, you know, like you said, we could be perceived as being bossy or aggressive, you know, as opposed to, as opposed to actually we're being assertive, but because it's triggering maybe for somebody else, they need to call you that to make themselves feel better as such because you know what you're saying could be very much true but the alternative is if they admit that it's true then they need to look in the mirror and know that it's coming from themselves in that certain situation so there's a lot of different parameters to work with here of recognizing ourselves are we in self-leadership but equally are the people we're working with stepping into self-leadership themselves in the roles that they are doing um, as well and as recognizing and this is where we really talk about shame in all of this that because we live in this judgmental society you know if people show up to me in a way of anger or any other type of potential destructive protector part I know that's not me that doesn't mean it doesn't hurt sometimes of course you know I'm a human being at the end of the day but it means I'm still very much able to self stay in self-leadership and rather than dip into my own protector parts then and go oh what's wrong with them why are they behaving like this I can stay in self-leadership from a place of compassion and think what happened to them for them to then show up as a protector part in this moment so when you were saying about how do you get the best out of people then if I know I am talking to somebody and I'm in self-leadership but clearly they've blended with one of their protector parts because clearly something is coming up for them I can literally then think about how to communicate with that person knowing that there's something going on for them helping them calm their nervous system with my language with my tone with my speed of voice really helping unconsciously for them calm their nervous system it's what I call embodied communication so that they can start to calm in their system and flip back into self-leadership into a different part of their brain their front part of the brain which is called our neocortex so we can have a conversation present to present self-leadership to self-leadership in that safe place part of their nervous system so it's really starting to understand where are people in their brain where are people in their nervous system are they in self-leadership or are they coming from their protector parts and if we're aware of all of this when we are ceos or when we're directors or we're just literally working with our teammates in working environments you can have a much better working environment much better communication and connection with your workforce which in turn again is going to increase profitability in the long run Mm, love that well, it's really interesting those strategies like you say you can sort of recalibrate people um but some of the things you talk about a lot in in your uh, social media content everything you specialize in is also narcissism so if you've got individuals in your organization or at home or wherever that you know are quite challenging and difficult people and don't sort of work collaboratively on getting that sort of great relationship and conversation happening how should people who want to be in self-leadership mode sort of interact with those type of people how would you identify you know whether they are somebody that's going to sort of change their behavior towards you yeah, great question as well. You know, and again, how I teach what what a actual narcissist is, it's not necessarily the medicalized condition, so to speak, because they only list nine traits actually in the DSM, which is the diagnostical statistical manual that they use to diagnose a narcissist, so to speak. You know, when I teach this to people, you know, there's over 30 potential traits that a narcissist can show up as. So for me, the label I use as a narcissist is just, again, going back to the protector parts. It's, you know, 
know, an individual whose protector parts that show up, say, even in the workplace are abusive. They are very, very challenging. So, you know, that overarching term really that I call from an individual's protector parts is, is what we call a narcissist. So when we think about, you know, if you work with a narcissist at work, it doesn't even matter necessarily about the label. It's just if they're challenging and they are showing up in a more abrupt, aggressive overt way causing challenges in the workplace so the first thing to think about is why do I feel like I'm reacting to that you know I always bring it back to ownership and responsibility of ourselves we cannot ever control how somebody else behaves or acts that has to be their own choice and their own inner work that doesn't mean that we don't have boundaries either you know if people are crossing boundaries we absolutely need to take action but if people have someone who's challenging in the workplace that potentially again could be a narcissist you know but they're also a key maybe member of a team and you know we can't sack them or get rid of them and you can't leave your job potentially you know how do you actually work with someone like that so it's continually understanding why do I feel this way when I'm around that person because ultimately narcissists will never change so if we're always trying to change their behavior and get them to do something else that's like you drinking rat poison and expecting the rat to die it isn't going to happen so what you have to acknowledge is they aren't think of it like a a maths equation so to speak you've got results in your business that you want that that's the kind of answer the result of that equation and then the other side of that of the equal sign is you and them so if you know that's the result you want, you know, they're a narcissist and they're not going to change. What happens is if they're triggering your own inner wounds, it becomes about a win-lose relationship with the narcissist because they want to win because they're going back to childhood issues with that. It's very black and white where if we can understand, okay, a narcissist is also a wounded individual. They're not going to change. This is how they're going to behave, but this is the result I want. How do I need to behave then? What do I need to say? What do I need to do? Taking that ownership and responsibility knowing they are going to be like that to get the result that I want there and that's where you can really step into your this is high performance stuff as well you know high performance self-leadership where you are really recognizing you know as a whole in your business how do you behave how do you react in self-leadership with a narcissist to get this result if you find yourself triggered by the narcissist okay that's just then your cue to go and do some inner work you know why do you feel like that what have they triggered in you why do i feel like this when they behave like that because again the likelihood is they have triggered you know younger wounds in you that haven't quite been healed yet and that's where that activation in your nervous system comes from too and it helps protect yourself doesn't it yeah, then, so you're not emotionally like traumatized by the whole experience you can hold your own and kind of appreciate that they're there and they've got that they say their issues and their challenges but you're not drained by that no Um, I mean my ex was a covert narcissist and we've been divorced sort of 11 years now and he's not changed in those 11 years But what's happened is I no longer react the way I do to his behavior. He's not Mm. changed. What I've done is gone in and healed those. You know, I had real I'm not good enough wounds from my own childhood with that. And that's why my trauma was his behavior activating my not feeling good enough inner child wounds, which meant the power actually for me to not feel like that with him wasn't in changing him. It was actually in really working on my wounds to recognize I am good enough, not just know it, but feel it. And that's where that Mm. somatic work comes in there as well fantastic so for those that are more open to self-leadership um how would you sort of introduce it to them and mobilize self-leadership in others 
Yeah. So I think a really kind of cool way of thinking about this is almost like self-leadership is like you're the CEO of your inner system. So, you know, you're sat in that boardroom and you as the CEO, as your true self, is kind of the, the CEO of your whole system. Then what you've got around that table are all your protector parts. So start to think about if you're not showing up at work or in that workplace, you know, coming from a place of confidence, compassion, creativity, curiosity, clarity, if you're not coming from any of those places, what other parts of you are showing up? So we kind of put in those seats around the boardroom, then it might be anger, it might be self-sabotage, it might be inner critic, it might be addiction, it might be people pleasing, it could even be more destructive parts like self-harm or eating disorders. What parts of you are showing up that are taking you away from being your true self? And then in the middle of that table, exploring why are those protector parts there what are those protector parts showing up to stop you from feeling and then it's almost like you stepping into that self-leadership that ceo role and almost going around and asking all of those protector parts you know what do you think would happen if you weren't there what do you think would happen if you do calm in my system and what we can start to ascertain then is pretty much all of those protector parts will be protecting a younger part of you you know when we come away from self-leadership we're no longer in the present moment your nervous system has gone back to because it's stuck in your body protecting younger parts of you from feeling something else so when you can visualize this and literally i always say put it on a bit of paper even as well you know you as the ceo all of those different parts of you that are showing up and in the middle of the table, potentially what those parts are trying to protect you from. So you start to run your inner system like you would a business, really starting to recognize if that anger part's coming up going, hey, anger part, you know, what are you showing up for? I know you don't want me to feel not good enough, but you know what? I'm good with this. I can talk to this person in my business about this and I'm okay with that. It just allows you to externalize the parts of you because there are no bad parts of you, only parts working with a good intention, albeit often with a destructive impact. And what we tend to do is when we show up in these destructive types of behaviors, we feel a lot of shame. You know, we try and push them away. We don't want to listen to them. And actually what I teach is the opposite. We want to lean in. We want to listen listen, why are they there? Because they're only there to try and protect you. And actually, as human beings, it always astounds me how amazing we are to try and keep us safe. So however anybody is ever showing up, that is because their nervous system thinks it is the least painful for them, even if it is painful. So it's really helping people understand and externalize self to part relationships, rather than literally being that protector part themselves, because they're not, it's a part of them. Mm. And I love that when I did that exercise with you as part of the mastermind we're in with you that was you know such an in an in-depth reflection exercise but actually so powerful in terms of how you rethink things afterwards and how you notice actually that's my protector part coming up like (laughs) just just being wary like you say externalizing it and being like you know what I'm not gonna not 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 listen to it because I know you say we've got to listen to it but like kind of just really reflect on what is that meaning for us and stop being so you know maybe impulsive around things absolutely it's really powerful stuff this I think it's um, it is it's about root cause resolution you know the parts are there for symptom management of taking us away from feeling pain but we want to know you know why are they there you know what's the root cause resolution again we live in such a society where we're just always trying to manage symptoms all of the time you know you go to the doctor they diagnose you with depression and they give you a load of 
pills. And that's not to say that that's not the right thing in certain situations, but why have you got the depression in the first place? You know, I work with people on is what's the root cause of why those protective parts are showing up so that you can stay in self-leadership as much as possible and not feel like you're on this roller coaster all of the time, feeling anger or criticizing yourself or going and shoving your face and eating a whole bag of crisps all the time. You know, <laughs> just have chocolate my, biscuits. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I had really strong emotional eating and anger parts in my system. So, you know, I totally get all of this as well. You know, this isn't just coming from me thinking, you know, from a hierarchy of self-leadership. You, see, I still have to work on these protective parts that try and come and take over, but I feel gratitude for them because I know they're there with good intentions for me. Yeah, this is me hunting around the kitchen looking for chocolate every day. <laughs> There's some here somewhere, I'm sure. <laughs> and that's the thing, you know, are you wanting that chocolate from self-leadership or are you wanting that chocolate to distract you away from a wound? Yeah, I hear you. I'm really, I'm really not fully mastered it yet. <laughs> Hot chocolate will master it. I'm still working on mastering that one as well. Work in progress. (laughs) Definitely. So give give us a vision, Caroline, to kind of finish off. If we were to fully embrace self-leadership and obviously work in progress, as we say, you're not going to get there overnight, but certainly working towards this, what would that look and feel like for somebody? Yeah, I think just like you were saying as well, you know, when parts of you show up that you feel like you don't want to show up as, rather than trying to push them away, let's welcome them in, let's lean in, let's listen let's start to understand why they are there in the first place and again really recognizing that when they show up we're not in that present moment so maybe looking at how can I get myself back in that present moment right now and that is using grounding exercise really engaging the senses for instance so we can get back into a different part of our brain the front part of our brain where we are really then able to really understand how we can start to move forward and not feel like we're on this roller coaster all of the time absolutely well that's I mean that's where we want to be right I mean that's a yeah. better frame of mind to be in and like you feel like you say you're not on that emotional roller coaster so yeah. I think if that's a vision for all of you listening then that's um you know where you want to move towards and Caroline does some amazing programs to help you kind of dig deeper into some of these things and really help you reflect on being a stronger a stronger person that's what we're all about on the podcast it's all about helping women be stronger in their mind and their hearts and um, and self-leadership is definitely part of that so let's wrap up so uh, Car- caroline what would be your top three takeaways for listen- listeners thinking about self-leadership right now i think you know top three takeaways are how you are showing up right now, regardless of whether you think it's being destructive or a certain way, know that how you are showing up is what your system thinks is the safest for you to be. And we're just gonna get curious about that. To really lean in and listen to any of those parts that are showing up. And to really start to lift the shame and judgment that we often feel about ourselves and really start to understand ourselves, start to look at root cause resolution of why we show up so that we can as much as possible, you know, when we're talking about that roller coaster, for instance, Heather, we we want to stop stressing our nervous system all of the time. And what we want is to stretch it and move towards nervous system flexibility. Because that doesn't mean we're never not going to feel activated or dysregulated or shift into blending with a protector part. But what it means is if we do, we're able to bounce back much quicker because we bring awareness, we bring intention and understanding, and we're able to shift back into what we call our ventral vagal state of our nervous system. And that comes with time, it comes with practice. Those parts aren't going anywhere what we want to do is change the roles of those protective parts so that we can show up as much as possible in our ventral vagal part of our nervous system feeling present 
in self-leadership. I love that. Thank you so much, Caroline, for joining You're us welcome. today and sharing more. Most welcome. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, thank you so much, everyone, for joining us on the show today. If you like the session, please do rate and review us on iTunes. Um, and if you would like to benefit from weekly tips and advice and guidance from Supermums, then please do visit the, the URL link in the show notes. You can sign up there and you can visit our website at supermums.org to find out more about our training and recruitment services. We'll see you all again soon. Take care. Bye. <music>